lost, distracted. I cannot imagine where Master Anakin gets these ideas. You are the one who gets distracted. You most certainly do. You wander off like a drunken Nuna. I have half a mind to recalibrate your focusing capacitor. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode! C-3PO and R2-D2 are sent on a simple shopping errand by Anakin that couldn't possibly go wrong. But little do they know that droids are about to be caught up in the evil plans of the dastardly bounty hunter Cad Bane! Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Butcher on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Anakin to my R2. That's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? And we are going to talk about the 50th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 3, Episode 8, Evil Plans. So, Robbie, how about we trundle off into the streets of Coruscant with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week? Yeah, this one sticks out as uh, being almost like a one-off type strange episode. You know, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost like a droid-centric episode, so it's a little strange. It is pretty droid-centric, and, of course, it's set up with Anakin sending out two along with 3PO. Ostensibly, it seems, to keep 3PO on track, because according to Anakin, 3PO is a droid who's easily distracted from the task. But it turns out, in this story at least, that it's R2 who gets seduced by Toto's distraction. And before I ask you to remind me why Toto is still around, because the last I saw, didn't he get blown up? I mean, why don't we get to that right now? (laughs) Since it's just, I mean, didn't Toto explode? And Holocron Heist? Yes. What's going on here? I was confused about that as well. And uh, I read that uh, apparently Anakin rebuilds Toto to try to get information from him. You mean Cad Bane rebuilds him? No, Anakin does. Huh. Anakin does. So when he blows up, Anakin rebuilds him to try to... And this is all off screen. Isn't it a comic or a book? No, none of this is explained anywhere else. But that's what I've I've read on uh, okay. just a couple of different things I was looking at. So he rebuilds Anakin, and then Toto gets away and gets back to Cad Bane somehow. Wait, he rebuilds Anakin? You mean Anakin rebuilds did, did Toto? Did I say? <laughs> Some, you said somebody rebuilt Anakin, which technically Anakin. happens, but not until Revenge of the Sith, Robbie. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Anakin. He does get rebuilt at one point. <laughs> sorry. Anakin rebuilds Toto, and he gets back to Cad Bane somehow. He escapes from, I guess, the Jedi Temple, which is, again, that seems like a story in all in itself, but... It all supposedly happens off screen. It's, it seems like maybe that's the episode they should have made instead of this one, perhaps? It could have been. Because that seems like a pretty interesting story. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. But what's interesting here is that even though Anakin sends R2 along to keep 3P on track, here, not only was R2 more of a distraction risk than 3PO it also seems like this was actually part of Toto's plan all along so it seems like Toto knows Anakin's droids much better than Anakin does which 
kind of act, maybe makes a little bit of sense given that supposedly Anakin spent a bit of time putting Toto back together. I mean, maybe Toto spent time in 3PO and R2's company and that actually explains why Toto might know the choice better. I mean, does any of this make any sense to you, Robbie? It makes little sense to me. I mean, they've always said that, you know, you kind of treat R2 almost like a dog in a way and then you almost treat him like a regular character. I just, I find that this whole episode seems so, (laughs) it's such a strange episode. It seems like the whole episode is a distraction. I I just, I don't buy that R2 would be so easily distracted. I don't know. It just, it's just a strange one. There's just a lot of weird stuff. And again, it's very strange that Toto shows up again without any explanation, without any sort of anything, you know? I don't know. It's like a harebrained episode. It's just like, well, I don't, okay. (laughs) You know, it's just a strange one. Sure. Well, it starts off making more sense because we get to see Anakin and Padme's domestic bliss. Although for them, domestic bliss is a little different from your domestic bliss or my domestic bliss, Robbie. I mean, when was the last time you and your wife threw a swanky dinner party for a senator? I've never done that before. Is that... Me neither. Did you relate to anything going on in that scene? No. I mean... No. I mean... I sort of related to the part where Padme is quite stressed out about the dinner party and Anakin is trying to calm her down but not actually doing anything. I mean, this Anakin doesn't actually do anything in this episode. The only thing he does is he sends 3PO and R2 out on this mission, which that was bad. That was a bad idea from Anakin. Everything that goes wrong in this episode, I don't blame the droids. I blame Anakin. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, when, when the... The major plot of your episode is for someone to acquire fruit to go on top of a cake. (laughs) I feel like you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Now, I mean, it leads to something a little more interesting, but it's just such a strange one. And of course, what it leads to is Cad Bane Robbie, and he has a couple of IG droids on his team, and it's always fun to see those creepy guys with their rotating torsos and their weird heads where you can't really tell what are their eyes and what are the random sensors or attachments. They just look so alien. They're the, maybe the most alien-looking droids we see. Although maybe that's going a bit too far because if you hadn't seen an astromech before, <laughs> yeah. maybe that would look pretty alien. But of course, with Cad Bane turning up again, I began to mull over whether to rank him above or a scene, of course, <laughs> in my Bounty Hunter rankings. And here, he's pretty effective for sure. He definitely gets the job done. He earns his payday. Although it's worth noting that he assembles a whole team just to kidnap a couple of harmless droids. While Aura Singh, she gets within an inch or two of taking out a senator in a highly guarded conference hall, just working as a lone wolf. So, we haven't talked about who your favorite... I mean, I think I know who it is, but where does Cad Bane sit in your Bounty Hunter rankings, and where does uh, Aura Singh sit compared to him? I mean, I mean, that's tough, because... I like Aura Singh a lot, but for me, it's a lot of the design of Cad Bane, and I love the voice effect. It just sounds so cool. It's hard for me to, to look past that, you know what I mean? And, and and say, well, you know, yeah, he he was flinging around and flailing around in that shaft with the fans, <laughs> but I don't know. He's just so cool. And I love the. it's almost like Iron Man boots on, and he's just a cool character. And I've always been a big fan of that. Like I said, the I've said before, that sort of uh, good, bad, and the ugly, you know, styling that I, I just really like. I just think it's a, it's a neat thing to bring into, into Star Wars. Well, I know you're a fan of Cad Bane, and something that Cad Bane is a fan of 
is torture. And there's a lot of torture in this episode, Robbie. And of course, it's been an element of not just the show, but Star Wars as a whole since Empire Strikes Back, of course. But most of the time, it's not played as comedy whereas here it's kind of played as comedy because we get these scenes cutting between R2 having a wonderful time at the spa he's having the the best day that he's had for a while and he's cutting back to his old buddy 3PO getting tortured and it's kind of played by laughs or is it I mean uh, the tone was hard to get a handle on in that in that section did you find the same thing and that and that's exactly you know it's kind of like there's many movies that you know, I guess you could say big critically pan movies, which have the same sort of issues where, you know, there's this, you know, very, very almost violent kind of thing going on. And then it's, it's like you said, it's played for laughs. So it's hard to know what the tone's supposed to be. And I remember it was sort of like that episode where I talked about how it really kind of affected me in a weird way when I saw R2 kind of dismantled. Right. And, you know, in that previous, I don't remember, that was the Garnacht, right? Yeah. But yeah. With this, it felt similar, you know, where it was, uh, I remember feeling that before where it kind of hurt me a little bit to see C-3PO tortured. You know, I didn't like it. I didn't like seeing it. But then again, that feeling kind of goes away really, really quickly because then you see R2 kind of, you know, chittering happily as he's getting, you know, (laughs) getting waxed and all that. I mean, it's just a strange set of scenes. Yeah, and of course, the torture reminds us that we have seen Cad Bane torture a Jedi to death. So, although we know that nothing final is going to happen to 3 power R2 in this episode, it is still one of those things where Cad Bane doing electrical things to someone or something has a real legit dark edge to it. And someone else we meet in this episode who maybe doesn't have quite the same dark edge, although he's definitely not completely on the up and up. At one point, we meet this dodgy fruit vendor guy with his head, which is kind of like a hammerhead shark had a baby with a squid. And as much as I dig a Gotel or a Nemoidian or a Twi'lek, you know, these humanoid aliens, I really dig it even more when aliens look proper alien like this vendor chap or like the tiles or like the kubas or those other hammerhead inspired aliens the ithorians and i tried to look up our guy's name and species but as far as i could tell wikipedia doesn't seem to know his story this fruit vendor guy but how did you like this dodgy fruit vendor guy robbie yeah i mean he was he was definitely interesting looking i mean but then you know like you said we we don't get a whole lot more of him but i want to say i did see something about what kind of character or what kind of uh alien he is the loudmouth jogan fruit vendor that swindles 3po is named drugan according to the script he is a cramboan 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 so there you go that is good to know drogan the cramboan Yep. That is good to know. I I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him turn up again at some point. I mean, I assume that he won't, but uh, yeah, I thought he's just fun to look at. You know, he's, if there's a character where you don't know where their eyes are, where you have to study their face yeah. to know where their eyes are, that is something that feels and looks alien to me, and I'm a fan of that. Well, I mean, let, we can only hope that there's not a, a slew of fruit acquisition episodes in the future. <laughs> so that's the only thing, you know. Yeah, hopefully he moves on to selling speeders or something and we get an episode where they have to go and buy used speeder bike or something like that. And of course, I've said a few times on the show how much I dig seeing more of the mundane, everyday side of Star Wars. And this episode with 3PO and R2 on a shopping trip, it does qualify for that category. I mean, to be fair, I know we're saying going out to buy fruit is not the most ripe, dramatic concept maybe, but I always love a bustling market district, both in real life and on film. The more exotic, the better. I mean, did you at least enjoy seeing these bustling streets of Coruscant, Robbie? A new look at the domestic side of Coruscant. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it, it's always interesting seeing those kinds of things. And it's, I guess it's it's a chance for, for the designers and everybody to, to just do something different. And that's, I mean, it's always welcome. You know, when, when, when we can see that kind of stuff, I just, like I said, it, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, they're on a shopping trip. Okay. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, there's, there's not just a shopping trip, also a spa day for our two. Well, well, it turns into that. Yeah. Once we, once I mean, he, that was something different too. And it, I mean, it was kind of interesting too, because it's like, you know, you see these droids that are supposed to be attractive, but they're attractive probably a little more to humans i mean what do droids find attractive (laughs) you know that's another weird thing it's like why wasn't there just why wasn't there you know maybe maybe an astromech droid with a dress on or something i mean i just don't i don't i don't know (laughs) or fluttery eyelashes yeah i mean who knows what r2 is uh you know what what he likes you know who knows that's uh that's question for another episode maybe Robbie? i don't know i mean i like i said we don't usually like to talk about episodes that rookies like me haven't seen yet but i wouldn't be opposed to seeing it you know because anytime we learn a little bit more about r2 i'm always happy about that and speaking of learning more about droids we learn here that toto i mean i'm just gonna come right on and say it when he drops r2 and 3po off after stealing the information they have in their heads what does he say as he drops them off thanks for the memories right and that moment <laughs> Slow clap, huh? Steve Mitchell and Craig Van Sickle, the writers of Evil Plans. I don't know which one of them came up with that line, but Chef's Kiss for that line. That was probably my highlight. Probably my <laughs> highlight of the episode. Probably my favorite part of the episode. And uh and I would assume that was maybe your favorite part of the episode too, or maybe it was when we got to see Jabba and the Hut Council, and you had to be very, very happy to see this council speaking strictly Hutties, right, Robbie? Yeah, I mean, and I was paying close attention, as as you know, as I had been, oh, I was too. I was I was being pretty critical, but uh, I guess it's one of those things where you don't expect every hut to look exactly the same. But I like that there's a, a little bit of a different design there. Yeah. Same here. And I like how all of the holograms are, are there, and Cad Bane just kind of walks in, and almost with some sort of a showman flourish, you know, he's like, I'm your man. You know what I mean? It was just, it was yep. it was kind of neat, and I, I just enjoyed it. And anytime Cad Bane can say something that's not just a sneer, it's kind of fun, too, you know, just to see. So, I, I mean, like I said, I, I that part of it I did, uh, I did enjoy. I mean, probably not enough to save the episode, but it's still you know a welcome sight and now it's time to talk about what we learned from episode 308 evil plans robbie what did you learn from evil plans well i think it's the most important thing we learned from the episode is that if you're going to send r2 on a mission just make sure that there's not a droid spa around yeah i mean i guess my lesson is pretty similar it's really a variation on that the old saying don't send a boy to do a man's job and i guess here (laughs) we can tweak that a little bit to say don't send 3PO to do pretty much any job except translational protocol. Although, like you say, can we really blame 3PO? It was R2 that got distracted in the end, so... Or was it Anakin that, that did it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Maybe he should have done it. Oh, we definitely should be blaming Anakin. We definitely are blaming Anakin. And so now we come to our summary and our rating for the episode, Robbie. Where does Evil Plan sit on that four-star Robbie scale? See, I gotta say, this one is one of those that, I mean, to me, this is a complete... <laughs> almost almost a complete skip. I mean, for me, it's a two stars out of four. And it raises a bunch of questions that, you know, like one of the things we know that C-3PO is regularly wiped. 
but R2 has never been wiped. Right. Until now. And so are we led to believe that Cad Bane has all of this information that R2 has? I mean, it opens up a lot of questions. Yeah. And, I mean, R2 has a lot of a lot of things in his memory banks that are, I mean, I mean, all the way, I mean, who knows how far back they go. So it's really kind of, like I said, it, it raises more questions than it answers. Yeah, Cad Bane basically stumbled on a gold mine with that one. And I mean, you haven't given any hints away as to what might come up in future episodes. And I don't know either, but as limited as this episode might have been, just that one element alone sets up a whole bunch of potential. But yeah, obviously I agree with you. It's not the most vital or action-packed episode. It's not the most thrilling episode we've seen so far. But like I said, the looks at the more mundane, ground-level side of the Star Wars galaxy, they always have a way to draw me in. And of course, I've loved these two droids pretty much my whole life. And being annoyed by 3PO was pretty much one of my happy places. I mean, Anthony Daniels, (laughs) of course, is on board here. And as with pretty much all of the sounds of Star Wars, uh, his 3PO voice just brings me joy just to hear it, you know. And while Cad Bane is maybe only my second favorite bounty hunter, although that last scene, I mean, you were just talking about how cool he is when he saunters into the middle of the meeting between Jabba and the council. That is where I, once again, got that feeling where I understand, oh, this is why people think Cad Bane's the coolest. He is just, I mean, in that scene, even more than in the action scenes, that is where you go, oh, yeah, this dude has it going on. And, of course, Toto's thanks for the memory line alone is worth at least one point. That is, you know, one of my favorite lines of the series. And I have evil plans at five meetings of the Grand Hut Council out of ten. In fact, aren't there five huts? That's what I should have gone with, right? Yeah. At five huts meeting at the Grand Council. I should have planned that better, Robbie. (laughs) But really, what I was concentrating on too much was I I expected that you thought I was going to say five Jogan fruits out of ten. But I didn't. Yeah, I went with huts, Robbie. See, I, well, it's better because there were only four uh, of the Jogan fruits. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. But five. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. The five huts, I mean, that works perfect. It was meant to be, Robbie. And that is Mission Accomplished for Season 3, Episode 8, Evil Plans. So, Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels? Of course, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 51st episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 1, Episode 22, Hostage Crisis. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho alongside your trusty pal Robbie. And we are out. Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Mucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Mucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.